0: The U.S.
1: go up. What a goal from
0: Carlos Bunga! Boy, he'll try a long hit. What a goal from Lloyd! This is spectacular. It's hit with no regard for humanity. Is this the moment for Shakiri? Yes, it is. Switzerland and Shakiri have scored in the 90th minute. That was worth the price of admission alone. This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm, Daspotlaw.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome into Soccer Matters on the Horn, presented by the Daspit Law Firm, 512-865-6710, bilingual, daspitlawaustin.com. Yes, this is the fastest hard-hitting hour of soccer talk on the planet, and it is also self-proclaimed. Streaming at HornFM.com, that's where you get the podcast of all of our programs on the Horn. Uh, A couple of great guests here tonight on the show. If there are soccer coaches out there, um, whether you're a youth coach, college professional, tonight I will air part of a very, very interesting interview with Fabian Horszeller. And you're saying, well, who is he? Well, he's the head coach of FC St. Pauli in Germany in the Bundesliga 2. He took the job over as a 30-year-old coach. He was born in Texas. Uh, they have won eight straight games. Uh, he yeah, was in the youth system at Bayern Munich. But you listen to this interview, it, it's hard to think you're talking to a 30-year-old who's at this phase of a coaching career. So I hope you enjoy that one tonight here. The full interview will air tomorrow uh, in Houston. Also on the show tonight, Zach Graham of At North End Podcast. I like giving people an opportunity to come on the show. I don't know Zach. I'm looking forward to talking to Zach, though. And uh, At North End Podcast, Zach Graham will come on to talk Austin FC. Again, the call-in number tonight is 512-447-3776, 512-447-ESPN. So let's get your takes tonight on Austin FC's loss at Houston. That one's got to be painful. Uh, For for Houston, they needed something. They were 0-2 going into this one. It was their home opener. They hadn't played in two weeks, whereas this was the fourth game in two weeks for Austin FC. Now, we can condition this any way we want. We can say, oh, they were fatigued, no panic. We can get into a little bit of a crisis mode. I've seen a lot of mixed reaction from Austin FC fans. I've even seen some saying Josh Wolf out, which is pretty uh, stunning to me. Uh, But this is natural. Uh, but for some, it's crisis mode. For others, it's playing it cool. And honestly, really, how panicked can you get at this stage when you know you have 18 teams that make the playoffs and you have time to identify and correct problems? Let's be honest. Five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Somebody give me a take tonight. Now, that said, we are conditioned. And what's what's the point of playing if if we aren't allowed to be conditioned to take the temperature based on the most recent performance, and this was not good for Austin FC who were outplayed to be fair, came in, they did look ragged as the game went on. The Dynamo were the better soccer team on this night, in my humble opinion. I know that may hurt. Um, in, in almost all categories, uh, they were the better team after the first 20 minutes. Now the first 20 minutes, Austin came out flying and Gallagher and Rigoni were causing real problems for the Dynamo left back Tate Schmidt they were forcing the mean bossy to defend uh, i think they score in the first 20 minutes things can be different on this night so how concerned are you what are your thoughts on the match 5124473776 and again for those that traveled to Houston what a great job from the Austin FC supporters i mean you you helped to make that a fantastic opening game Uh, Let's get your thoughts of being on the road in the match. I I think it was four buses that went up there. Fantastic. Uh, What are your key issues from the match? Top players from the match? Uh, uh, Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you'll get a few uh, opinions from me on the game and and on specific players as well. I mean, it's obvious Hector Herrera was on another level than anybody on this night, including Sebastian Driussi, who was kind of ghost-like in this one. Um, But Herrera... That was his best performance for the Houston Dynamo. Scored his first Major League Soccer goal. And there is pressure on him to produce and lead as a designated player. That said, Sebastian Driussi, Hector Herrera, they can't do it by themselves. And we heard Josh Wolf say that in the post-game press conference. And there are some performances that aren't in the same place as they were last year. But as I said, 18 out of 29 teams make the playoffs. Okay, think about that. All right. Speaking of key games, there were a lot of clasicos around the world this weekend. Um, by the way, you want to hit me up on Twitter during the show at sock or at Soccer Matters GD. If you have questions or you debate anything that I've said, please at glendavisock or at Soccer Matters GD. Okay. Um, would love your interaction there. Would love for you to follow us and. Uh, Keep things going here. All right, so let's go to some of the clasicos that were this weekend, and there were a bunch of them. Rayados defeated Tigres at the Estadio Universitario. All right, so as people in Austin, as people in Houston, in Texas, we all know there's tons of Monterey fans, whether they're Rayados fans or Tigres fans. Luis Romo, 68th minute, was the game winner. It was the difference. Tigres uh, then would throw on a number of attackers. Diego Lainez came on after coming back over. The Liga MX, Francisco Cordova, Nico Lopez, they tried to change things. Data-wise, they had 61% of the possession Tigris. Outshot Rayados 15-13, eight shots on goal to two. Remember, Tigris recently put Orlando City out in the CONCACAF Champions League. In the 85th minute, uh, Gignac went off the crossbar, but maybe the biggest rivalry in this part of the world. Tigris and Rayados, beautiful one. Club America, 4-2 to two over Chivas. Um, pretty much a beatdown here. Uruguayan and former Cruz Azul. Remember Jonathan Rodriguez from his day at Cruz Azul. Well, he started the scoring in the blowout. 16th minute for him. He hits again in the 38th. So he scores two goals in the first 38 minutes. After this, it was chasing the game for Chivas at home. And... Uh, By the way, they're coached by the former Chicago Fire uh, head coach, Yvelko Panovich. Leo Suarez makes it 3-0 for America, 42nd minute, very timely goal right before halftime. Gut punch, 53rd minute, a fourth for America. Okay, so it's 4-0 in 53 minutes. Then an own goal and a Sergio Flores, 72nd minute goal for Chivas, kind of flattered them. It ends up 4-2. 53% possession for America and uh, 47% for Chivas. Chivas had 21 uh, shots, three on target. Uh, America, 18 shots, seven on target. Barcelona-Real Madrid, strange deflection early, nine minutes in. Came off a Barcelona defender, Ronald Araujo. I I think it was Vinicius Jr. Goalkeeper was a couple uh, inches off his line, a couple feet off his line, right? And uh, guy's near the end line, takes a cross, deflects off the head of Araujo, and goes in. So Real Madrid go up in the ninth minute, kind of a weird, strange kind of goal. Um, and uh, that kind of set the, the early tone for Madrid, and this was at Barcelona. Um, Sergio Roberto ties things up in the 45th. This looked destined to be 1-1, which would have suited Barcelona just fine at the top of the table. But they get a bonus, and they get a big bonus, and they get a lot of drama. Franck stoppage time winner, not a guy who scores goals. Now a 12-point lead for Barcelona at the top of La Liga over Real Madrid. 54% of the possession to Barcelona, more shots uh, at 17 with seven on target. All right, now, before we get on uh, in the next segment, at the North End podcast, Zach Graham. Let me talk a little Austin FC. Um, and I repeated this a lot on the show, that this is going to be a very different year for Austin FC, strictly because of the addition of comp- competitions, um, differing things positionally, differing things from guys getting on in their careers. Um, and again, if you look at the data from this match, one would assume that Austin FC was very much in this game, and they were in the beginning. A lot of the categories slightly favor Austin FC, but it was clear that at the end of this game, you have to say the Houston Dynamo were the better team. Disagree? You can call me. You can talk to me. Five one two four four seven three seven seven six five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Would love to get you on the air here tonight. So. The Dynamo were more alive and ready. I mean, how can they not be? They haven't played in two weeks. It's a home opener. Uh, they've taken a lot of criticism for an 0-2 start. You know, fans down in Houston, uh, here we go again, uh, that kind of stuff. And, frankly, they should be, right? Stadium remodel, bunch of things different. And a lot at stake here because you wanted to send, if you're the Houston Dynamo, you want to send these fans home wanting more. You do not want to lose to Austin FC. And frankly, they're tired in Houston of hearing about Austin FC. Austin FC looked fatigued outside of the first 20 minutes for me. Um, and like I said, if you're going to get something out of this game, you need an early goal to kind of sustain you, to, to give you a boost. The 0-2 Dynamo, you got to score the first goal of this game. And, by the way, as much as, and I'm going to get into this in a second, Austin FC has a bit of a problem at the nine position right now. Right now. Doesn't mean it's not going to get corrected. So does Houston. Houston started Corey Baird, uh, and this is for the head coach, Ben Olsen, basically for his movement, mobility, and work ethic. Corey Baird doesn't have a history of scoring a lot of goals. Their DP is Sebas Ferrer. He did not get the start. That's an interesting area to keep an eye on. Very similar to Austin FC, who's got Jazzy Zordis, who's very familiar with Josh Wolfe from Columbus, the system, does a lot of other things. Uh, Maxi Rudy got the start in this one. He's been more effective off the bench, frankly. He got the game winner against Montreal. And then Will Bruin, uh who scored a boatload of goals in Major League Soccer, by the way, you know, rounds out. The starting three, but you're going to have to get goals out of that position. And Josh Wolf mentioned after the game, others are going to have to score goals here and produce, not just Sebastian Driussi. Nothing wrong with that. He's correct, but the striker position right now is a question mark. But you got to get goals from there. And yes, Rudy Maxia, Rudy can be the, I think the. Occasional starter, but maybe he's going to have to start more, unless Jazzy Zardes starts producing goals. And I don't know if this is by committee. I just don't believe in the goals by committee thing. I think you have to have somebody prowling around your penalty area in attack that is an absolute finisher and a killer, and can stick balls in the back of the net. And and I think it's I think it's problematic if. That's the way you think about these things. Now, based on budgets and putting rosters together, it's not always easy to get these things done. I get it. Maxia Rudy to me, is more effective off the bench. I think we saw that very, very clearly in the first couple of games. All right, so back to the game in Houston. Emiliano Rigoni, another one that has to produce. Him, Diego Fagundes, you got to get goals from him. John Gallagher has two, and he's an outside back for you. Those two guys are causing a lot of problems. And the reason I say that, as I'm calling this game on the radio, I'm not doing TV for MLS anymore. I'm doing radio. Um, I'm lower to the field now in a very differing booth. It's a very differing look. There's pros and cons to it, but I'm not going to get into that because I don't think you really care. Those two are really causing problems, though. And I think... Uh, Rigoni's chances early you know he doesn't strike the ball clean he doesn't strike it well they're really causing problems for the left side of the Dynamo Teichmitt and Amin Bassi and you could have had the game's first goal Sebastian Driussi really was not involved that much in this one which I think I said on the radio broadcast when he's not involved that that that's a scary thing because you know just as you say that he'll pull off some spectacular play or open a game up with some spectacular ball or slip by a guy and score a goal himself or, you know, do something in transition to kill off, uh, you know, to to help create a goal and get you back at a game. Hector Herrera, Houston, owned the night. He ended up on the MLS team of the week. But player performance, how much do you factor in fatigue and all these things? I think you have to, to be fair. Um, But if you look at Diego Fagundes, he isn't off to the start I think he would want in 2023. Rigoni, everybody's, you know, he's going to need to execute sooner rather than later with the chances and a final pass. Uh, he's got to make it happen soon, I think for his own sake as well, or that could snowball into, you know, confidence issues. But I, 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 he needs something positive from that standpoint. And you question it right now. Is he capable of that? He certainly gets in good positions. But the pressure is definitely building for him from an individual standpoint. Not a great night for Alex Ring. Number of tired passes. That's usually a strength to his. Um, so striker position is a question right now. Center back. Yes, we know Alex Ring can do this. Magnificent player. But when Cascante, Julio Cascante, comes back from injury, you're going to have choices to make. Danny Pereira, Owen Wolf, bring the MLS youthfulness uh, and are the future of the midfield. But you can't, uh, you can't displace the importance of Alex Ring. All right, we're going to take a break here. We're going to come back. we got more to come, including in our next segment. We're going to get a visit. From Zach Graham of the North End Podcast, we'll continue the talk here. 512-447-3776. show is presented, as always, by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys, they'll handle your case. They'll work for you 24-7, nights and weekends. Look, uh, accidents are a problem. They're nervy. Uh, You get tremendously anxious. You need the best. You get DaspitLawAustin.com, whether it's car, boat, motorcycle, you drive an 18 wheeler, maybe you work construction, any of these issues, you get the best. It's DaspitLawAustin.com. Let's take a break here on the horn. More soccer matters presented by DaspitLawAustin.com coming up. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas, presented by Daspitlawaustin.com. The call in number 512-447-3776. Next up for Austin FC is Colorado Rapids. So back to Q2 Stadium, that's a good thing. Um, That's uh, Thin Lizzy, and that's a great choice. One of the great uh, underrated bands. Ty, did you pull that, uh, Thin Lizzy? I did. I thought you would like it. Buddy, I love that. And, you know, it being St. Patrick's, Recently, that's a, a really nice call on your port. That's an underrated band. Um, no question about it. Finn um, Lizzie, Great. Love that. You were trying to slide one by me, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I was to see if you, if you noticed, and you did, so I appreciate uh, it. Uh, yeah. By the way, say hello to my guy Wagner on the Wagner Wire. I know you're on with him uh, every uh, Sunday, and also quickly plug your show as well.
1: Definitely. Uh, you can the Wagner Wire uh, every Sunday from nine to twelve. Uh, we'd love to have you on sometime, Glenn. That'd be awesome. And then my show, uh, weekly podcasts, the Lone Star Lowdown with me, Shay Holt, and Corey Gidry. Uh, you can find that on any uh, you know, podcast platform out there: Spotify, Apple Talented. Podcasts. Yeah.
0: Talented man, Ty Henderson. Thank you so much, Ty, for that. Okay, a uh, couple of things here. I want to remind you real quick before we get to our next guest. Uh, We have Fabian Herseller, the FC St. Pauli manager from Bundesliga 2, coming up in the final segment. Um, Also, uh, Austin FC fans, I got two shades of green for you. Soccer Matters t-shirts, you get them at lamontbrands.com. lamontbrands.com. The proceeds, uh, after the cost of putting the shirts together by the company, uh, they go to the 501C Charity Snowdrop Foundation to fight pediatric cancer. Okay. Okay. U.S. getting ready for Nations League. FA Cup semifinals are set. Man City, Sheffield United, Manchester United, Brighton. Erling Holland is going on a goal-scoring tear. Uh, And Lazio defeated Roma in the uh, Eternal Rome Derby. All right. The North End Podcast. At the North End Podcast. That's where you get it on Twitter. Zach Graham, he joins us now. Zach, thank you so much for coming on appreciate
1: you having me glenn uh i will also second that uh, i enjoyed the thin lizzie coming back from break and uh <laughs> definitely wish i was coming to you that we were chatting about austin fc after a more positive week uh but it is it is what it is man
0: yeah listen mls is full of ups and downs right i mean uh, austin fc had more ups and downs last year i mean it was a remarkable season what's the reality of the fan base in your opinion you're you're around it a little bit more than me i mean i can see things on social media we got some people in crisis mode we got others just saying calm down you know where where do you fit in there
1: i am very much in the let's have a positive perspective on this like i get the negativity to a point but to your to your point in the first segment there are there is a large segment of the fan base that in my mind is overreacting to the unfortunate start to the season and i think like it is certainly okay to be embarrassed, let down and a little angry over the way the first round of ccl went down mm-hmm. but at the end of the day if you're not going to win ccl if you're a team like austin with certainly not as much depth as a team like the Sounders last year had to be able to take down a competition like that. You, you may want to lose earlier and be able to focus on the rest of this long season ahead. Um, Cause I think with that Houston match on Saturday, you, you you pointed to maybe some fatigue there for the Verde and black. Um, you like, if we're already seeing that fatigue set in, and cause a lackluster performance in a rivalry match, then to me that's a great example of why the fans should not be so beat up about the team going out early in that competition. I'm of the mind that CCL is the most important trophy that Austin could have competed for this year, but I also didn't think they really had the depth, again, to get that done. So do I wish they would have advanced just from my fandom point of view? Yes. But if we're looking at it from that wide view, we have so much more coming over the next six, seven months, and I think the team will be fine. And and again, I'm I'm just more, maybe foolishly, just kind of having a positive outlook on things, especially in the face of some of the wild takes like, uh, you know,
0: Josh Wolf out, which is ludicrous to me. I've heard that one. Well, that's funny because I've said repeatedly on this show, Josh Wolf out in the first year. And as I've said over a million times on this program, I said, you know, I saw for first year principles of play being instituted by this coach. Um, Maybe Mm -hmm. you didn't have the right pieces yet. And then, of course, it all came together. But as a team uh, in transition and their approach play in year one, it was good. Now, their approach, uh, their defensive Play in transition was not very good, and it was like a hot knife to butter. But I want to go back to what you said about the, the CONCACAF. I mean, look, we're in sure. all these things to win them, though. I don't think we can be selective, whether we think we have the roster or not. You earned the right to play in the CONCACAF Champions League, so you have to go out there and try to win it. And I understand what you're saying. You're saying they'd, you'd rather see them go out early than get maybe to the semifinals and battle a Mexican team? Um, I'm not sure I would agree with that theory.
1: I think it's maybe I'm twisting my own words around here. I think it's just because I mean, I mean,
0: I mean, Zach, players, players are never going to go into games with that type of a mindset. Now, I don't know what happened down. I don't know what happened down in the Dominican Republic. I don't know if <laughs> it was just an underestimation of the Haitians. Um, I, I think that was you know, very I get it's a. Mic, it's got to be a part of it and you know that's on the coach and the players
1: absolutely and and we certainly gave uh, both the coaching staff and the players that were out there in the Dominican some flack or as much flack as we possibly could have because we were i was much more disappointed by the first leg than the outcome of the second leg um and i'm not i'm i'm really approaching this with the hindsight that we have now that so I definitely did not want them to go out as a fan. But now looking at it as a franchise as a whole, if we're going to go out, like you said, if it's the semifinals or even making the final, like that would be great experience for everybody on this roster, especially the young guys who don't have any CCL experience. If this is a club that has plans to be in that competition year after year. Um, but like to get back there, you know, it's, if you get to the semis, you get to the finals, you don't, you don't get back in next year, right? Even if you win it, there's no automatic berth. You see Seattle didn't even qualify for this one despite winning the competition last year. So if we want to get back, I think having those fresher legs and not having potentially six more CCL matches to deal with, and then if you go far enough overlapping with any U.S. Open Cup games that they can win and hopefully advance there, I understand the frustration, and I, I don't, I'm don't. i not trying to say that the players or the staff or, any, or the fans should have a mindset that we don't want to win those games. I think, again, just maybe being a little overly optimistic, it could be a blessing in disguise for the team's MLS hope to go out in that competition so early, as bad as it feels for the fans and the players. I mean, I think not just the physical fatigue on Saturday night in Houston, I think also the mental fatigue of that team just in that locker room losing that match. And then we know that these guys are all over social media watching what people say on Twitter and Instagram and listening to, you know, shows like Soccer Matters. So I think those guys were really beaten down um, emotionally and mentally. Yeah, and when
0: I say say fatigue, when I say it, I say it, yes, emotional and physical. It's not just... Physical, because mentally I've been there. I've, I've sat in locker rooms before playing at the pro level, and I've said to myself, I don't know what I have tonight, you know. And some nights you go out there yep. and somehow you find it, and other nights you don't. Um, I think what disappointed me maybe in the Dominican Republic is when others get an opportunity to play, you want them to perform well and, and produce for you. But let's switch gears to the Houston game. How about your overall thoughts on that one? Did you travel to Houston?
1: I unfortunately did not. I was actually, so, and going back to, uh, you know, Wolf out and how against that I am, maybe I'm a little soft on the coaches because I was a collegiate basketball coach for nine years. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was actually out at a a bachelor party for one of my old coaching buddies. So I wasn't able to make it out to Houston. I am going to be there with my co-host Ian uh, in late May for the rematch, the one that, you know, counts for Copa Tejas. Um, But yeah, man, that's, It's a rivalry match, and any time Houston, Austin, Dallas, even in that Copa Tejas, you know, triangle there in Texas, any team that comes out on the wrong side of any of those matches, players and fans alike are going to feel pretty down about it the next week.
0: Yeah. So, um, the first 20 minutes, how did you feel about the way Austin FC was playing against the Dynamo? Because uh, from my vantage point where I was doing radio, which was right in front of me, uh, Rigoni and... And uh, John Gallagher, we're really, really getting out the Houston Dynamo. Um, what about your thoughts, Aaron? And, and we may need to make this quick because we got about a minute left. Sure,
1: I can do that real quick. I, uh, we talked about it on the, the podcast episode last night. The relationship that Gallagher and Rigoni are building on that right side looks really promising, especially in a time that a lot of fans don't feel like they have a lot of promising things to look to. Um, especially one play there in like the 12th minute where Rigoni readjusted into some space and got into the box, didn't finish, which is obviously a theme with him. I also thought Kolmanich's crossing from the left in the first 20 to 30 minutes was better than we've seen from him a lot of the time so far this season. Um, And that created that one Maxi Ruti chance that he unfortunately put off the post. So first 20 minutes was great. Rest of the match, you know, a letdown for sure.
0: Yeah, not so much. Uh, impressed with Hector Herrera and what he did?
1: Absolutely. And, and to that end, I thought Johan Valencia um, showed his shortcomings on the offensive side of the ball but really helped the team lock down Herrera for that first 60 minutes. And you saw once he went out, Ace Ace was really unleashed and, and got his first MLS goal. And, and, man, props to them. Houston was the better team on the night. And uh, as hard as it is for me to say this as a diehard Austin fan, Happy for the Houston fans to, uh, you know, get one in this rivalry, which which has been one-sided so far.
0: Zach, thank you very much for coming on. He's at the North End Podcast. It is Zach Graham. Zach, thanks so much for coming on tonight. We appreciate your insight. We'll do it again. Appreciate it, Glenn. Thank you. All right. So great stuff there from Zach Graham. You heard he was a college basketball coach as well. Enjoyed having him on, and he uh, came on on short notice, so it's really good. Uh, we're going to continue to get people like Zach on who really live and breathe uh, Austin FC. All right, daspitlawaustin.com, 512-865-6710. They're bilingual. You can hit me up on uh, Twitter uh, and Instagram, at glendavissock, at SoccerMattersGD, lamontbrands.com for your Soccer Matters T-shirts and hats. Proceeds to fight pediatric cancer, go to the 501C charity, the Snowdrop Foundation, when we come back, it's FC St. Pauli manager Fabian Herseller. Welcome back to Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas, to our final segment of the night tonight. The show, as always, is brought to you by DaspitLawAustin.com. If you need a personal injury attorney, there is none better than John Daspit and Daspit Law Austin. Let the Daspit Law Firm fight for your right for compensation. You might get in a boat, motorcycle accident, drive an 18-wheeler, work construction. Get the best in representation. DaspitLawAustin.com. 512-865-6710, 512-865-6710, 512-865-6710, 512-865-6710, they are bilingual. One of the great stories in German football right now is in the Bundesliga 2, where St. Pauli has now won eight matches in a row under a new manager. They are the hottest team in Bundesliga 2, currently fifth in the table. Now, what's unique about this is that the new coach is American-born. He's 30 years of age. Fabian Husserler joins me now well fabian you you replace a head coach that's kind of a legend at saint Pauli and timo schultz uh as a very young man when you initially got approached about the job uh you know what went through your mind
2: yeah at first i i want to say that uh, i had a really good time with uh, timo with timo schultz the head coach in in, uh, former times before me and I was his assistant coach and I really like to work with him we had a really good time with uh, a lot of nice events with a lot of nice games so I really appreciate working with him and yeah when it uh, when a club asked me to to get at first like the interims coach so at first the club asked me to take over as an interims coach and uh, I said, of course, yes, because I think I have the responsibility for the success of the club. So I'm in a position, or I was in a position, to to help the club. And um, if the club asked me, of course, I I said yes because, um, yeah, like I said, I'm in a position to help them. And I was not thinking about, okay, do I feel prepared for the situation, or do I feel prepared as a as a person for? this tough situation i didn't think about this too much because i was really in my working mode so i start working immediately i try to analyze a lot of things with my with my staff and with my uh, coaching team so we analyzed what can we do better what can we improve and uh, so we get in a working mode like really fast so i can't think about the the situation too much
0: He's Fabian Herzeller, the head coach of St. Pauli in the German Bundesliga too. He's only 30 years old. And and, you know, to go from an an assistant coach where, you know, your role is very different to being a head coach and now being the man with the ultimate decision, I, I can't think that's an easy thing to do. How did you handle that?
2: Yeah. My first speech to the to the team was that I say, I said to them, okay. I'm still Fabian, so I won't change. My character won't change because I want to be authentic and uh, I won't change my personality. So, of course, I had a really good relationship to them and uh, also a very trustful relationship. And I think at the first weeks, it helps me a lot because we had a lot of discussions also with the players, also with the experienced players, and we were really honest to to each other. So I told them, I know that you feel a bit like... It's not a typical situation for them now. I'm the head coach. I was the assistant coach, so it's also for them not an easy situation. But I think the best way to to deal with it was to be honest with them and to they yeah, had to talk about their thoughts. What do they feel? What do they? What's they thinking about the situation? And so we had quite very trustful and very honest discussions with each other, and it helps us a lot. And um, yes, I didn't change, but the only thing. What changed was that I'm now the coach, I'm the person who makes decisions and who also or who also has to make hard decisions for some players. And I also told them so my my acting was really honest. So I was honest to them. I said, Okay, I'm still Fabian, but I'm now the coach who makes tough decisions and it might hurt some of you, but you have to deal with it. And yeah, uh, that was the first ways and the first um acting is what i what i did at the beginning
0: he's fabian herseller he's the head coach of saint Pauli. this is a a wonderful opportunity for us um you know you got to manage a whole roster now I, i would imagine you had a lot of experience dealing with players that weren't getting into the first team that that had challenges that that had desires that were getting unfulfilled so i would i would think that's good preparation for managing an entire roster
2: you know so i think that of course i had a in my former times i had good experience in different in different clubs so i started in a in a very unprofessional club uh called it was here in, in germany and in, near to munich it's a real unprofessional club. it was in the fifth division and we made it to the fourth division but i worked with players who, who worked beside playing soccer so that was my first experience the second experience was that i trained with uh with youth kids so i also worked for a, a school camp a football school camp and i worked with like six years old children with 10 years old children and this also was a really good experience for me as a coach yeah to to deal with young children to to look at their behaviors to see what do they need and uh, um, yeah, what is their motivation, and this helps me also a lot to to deal with the players now. And afterwards, I was uh before I worked for the German Association as a under twenty uh, assistant coach, and of course, German Association very very professional, so high standards, very good players, the best of, of Germany in their youth or in their age. And uh, yeah, there was also experience to yeah, to see how really professional players work so how also is it to be in a professional team big stuff a lot of stuff to handle a big team because to handle the stuff is also a very important thing or important the job a coach has to do so i got a lot of experience from different ages from different uh, uh standards and then i worked here for san Paoli two and a half years as a as an assistant coach so yeah i got experiences from from all different uh, areas and it helps me a lot but i won't say that i have a a, a, i think you can't deal with with players in, in the same way so they're all different characters and you have to treat them like individuals and you have to get behind the players because behind the players they're all like persons and you have to to know what each person's needs and i think that's the best way to, to describe my, my way to, to, yeah, to to deal with the players or to treat them as, as persons. Yes.
0: I'm sure you're probably tired of hearing everybody say you're a young coach because you just exemplified all the practice that you've put into place, but there is a good question. And that is, you know, why and when, I guess, when did you decide you wanted to get into the management, the coaching side of it? How early? Was that something you kind of knew pretty early?
2: I think, I think, yes. So when I was a player, I always was a player who would take a lot of responsibility. I was captain almost in every team. And uh, that's why I had a special connection to my coaches. And I watch the game from a different point of view. I uh, reflect the game from a different point of view, not only as a player, also like in discussions with my former coaches. So I discuss with them, how was the game? How do you see it? How do you see the dynamics of the game? And that's that was really interesting for me. So I started this really early and um, that's why I wouldn't say that it's, it surprised me to, to, to get a coach but of course, actually, it was planned. I planned to be a, a professional uh, soccer player, and uh, I ended my career. Then I was twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. So it was clear for me. My passion um, is soccer, yeah, and uh, it's my hobby, and I can do it to my job. So it fits perfectly. So, yeah, I'm I'm really happy to to work in 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 a soccer business because yeah it's it's my passion and i want to do it my my whole life
0: Fabian in herzeller he's the head coach of saint Pauli in germany you know for my listeners fabian um i know of, of saint Pauli for a long time but but talk to them about how important the club is in the city the passion the amount of fans you get and then take that into uh, does that make you feel pressure and a responsibility to deliver
2: so I don't feel pressure. I think I put pressure on my own, or the pressure I put on my own is is the, the maximum you can have. So I don't feel pressure from outside. It doesn't reach the level I put on my own. So that's why um, I know there's a lot of responsibility. I know it because it's a, a really, really huge club in Germany. It has a high impact in in the social media also here. In not only in Hamburg, it's I think it's also international and especially in in Germany. And um yeah, it's a, it's a big club, so of course there's responsibility. But I I don't feel that I have to deliver for for anybody. I have the feeling that I have to deliver for the club because the club is the most important thing, and I deliver for the success of the club, and that's what what I try to focus on because. In, in soccer you can't influence everything uh, you can't influence everything there are so many um yeah, so many things where you can't expect or you can't plan them so you have to focus on these things what, what you can influence on the pitch and uh, i try to do a lot of content with the team and to keep working on it and one thing i think what a special yeah, for us, for your listeners, is that uh, São Paulo is a is a club with uh, with very important values, very important values. Also, yeah, in in the society. So, for example, they bring politics uh, or they do politics in the stadium. So they were the, one of the first clubs who bring it to the stadium and uh, know it. That is, a, it's a stage. It's a stage to to bring these values to to the people here in the world or to, to the people in, in Germany. So, for example, against racism, against sexism. So these are things um, where I also can identify with, because um, I also think that's very important to yeah to stand together or to do or to make uh, and to bring attention to these values. And I think uh, St. Pauli does this is uh, very nice, so I can completely identify with this.
0: Baby and Herzeller, he's the head coach of St. Pauli in Germany. It's the Bundesliga 2. They're undefeated since he took over. Look, you took over at a tough time. Um, You know, a legendary person in the club loses his job. You take over at a tough time. Confidence is is, is an important potion. It, it, it's something that we all want to acquire, but it's not always easy to acquire. How did you rebuild that with the group of players once you took over?
2: Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things in in soccer. I I just read an article where uh, Sir Alex Ferguson said that uh, 80% happens in the head. And I think uh, that's absolutely true. So I started... Like I said, to you have to know the players very well. You have to know their characters very well, and uh, then you have to bring them back their their trust in their own strengths, their trust in their own weapons. And uh, that was one of the biggest things. So I try to convince them that they are still good. They had high expectations, or they have high expectations on their own, and they can't, uh, yeah, do this in the first part of the season so of course the confidence was was low but my job was to to rebuild this so I worked with a lot of them in in individual way so I showed them training scenes I showed them scenes where they did it well in the in the past and I keep working with them on the pitch and oh every day so it was always like working on the pitch and show them afterwards scenes and show the positive scenes and talk to them like positive. Don't talk to them negative. Try to focus on on the momentum and not on the past. So we see it also like a challenge that uh, yeah, we can't uh, make uh, the expectations from the club or from their own, but we see it as a challenge. And like this, I, I said it also to them. So it was a big, big thing to bring back to the players their their confidence, because like I said, it's like football is eighty percent in 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 the head, and it was very important, and the other side was of course that we yeah, we did a reanalyse analysis of of the season, and of course, we have a lot of content where we can work on it and uh, that's what I said that I go or I went immediately in the work mode, so we did a lot of content at the beginning where to improve, and I think it's also that we we weren't fixed on the results I also said to my team keep on focusing on the process don't try to focus too much on the results because if you keep focusing on the process the results will come and if we if we say we must win and we must score goals then it won't happen if we focus on the process and we focus on the content what we want to train and what we want to improve then I think then the results will will come
0: Thank you for tuning in tonight to Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas, presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law firm, DaspitLawAustin.com. Get the podcast of this show and all the other great programming on the Horn at HornFM.com. Please check out LamontBrands.com for Soccer Matters T-shirts and hats to benefit the 501C Charity Snowdrop Foundation. By the way, Austin FC fans, we have two shades of green. For those that have purchased Thank you. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at glendavisock or glendavissoccer.com. Thanks for tuning in tonight. And remember, soccer matters.